Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Support for this podcast comes from the law firm Fenwick, helping technology and life sciences companies thrive at every stage of growth. Online at Fenwick.com. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. As Election Day looms in our divided times, there's an increased focus on the possibility of civil unrest and violence after votes have been cast. Speaking yesterday, Governor Gavin Newsom says that the state is taking precautions to make sure Californians remain safe, although he wouldn't go into details. In Los Angeles, Mayor Eric Garcetti says the city's received no intelligence about possible acts of violence or voter intimidation, but that, quote, we prepare for the worst. The LAPD says it will deploy more officers during election night to facilitate peaceful protests and guard against violence. Meanwhile, the city of Beverly Hills says it will temporarily close famed Rodeo Drive in case there are protests and hire private security guards to supplement the city's police force. Let's go to San Diego, where Mexico's consul general in the city is speaking out about the way American police treat people with mental illness. This comes after two Mexican nationals were recently killed by law enforcement in San Diego. Here's KPBS reporter Max Rivlin-Nadler. 39-year-old Jose Alfredo Castro Gutierrez, a legal permanent resident of the U.S., was shot by San Diego police outside his home on October 19th. 30-year-old David Villalobos was shot and killed by Border Patrol agents on October 23rd, near the San Isidro port of entry. The families of both men say they were suffering from mental illness. Castro Gutierrez was holding a curtain rod and calling for help before a police officer shot him. Villalobos had just crossed the border when an agent who was trying to apprehend him shot and killed him. It is of particular concern to us that in both cases, there seems to be mental health problems involved, which makes particularly vulnerable the victims in these type of encounters. That's Mexican Consul General Carlos Gonzalez Gutierrez, who says he will be monitoring the investigations and will, quote, determine the diplomatic and legal measures to be undertaken in defense of our Mexican nationals. The San Diego Police Department's homicide unit will be handling both cases. For the California Report, I'm Max Rivlin-Adler in San Diego. 
The death toll in California's historic 2020 fire season continues to grow. KQED's Dan Brecky reports on the latest reported fatality from the North Complex fire in Butte County. 54-year-old Wen Nang lived in the rural community of Berry Creek, which burned when the North Complex blaze raced out of control the afternoon and evening of September 8th. The Butte County Sheriff's Office says that Nang suffered severe burns, but managed to drive to safety and get aid from firefighters. He was eventually transferred to UC Davis Medical Center in Sacramento, where doctors placed him in a medically-induced coma during treatment. The sheriff's office says Nang died of his injuries on October 21st. He is the 32nd person to die in California wildfires this year and the 16th person to have died as the result of the North Complex incident. The blaze now ranks as the fifth deadliest wildfire in the state's recorded history. For the California Report, I'm Dan Brecky. About a month ago, a group of firefighters from Mexico came here to help contain a wildfire burning in Central California. On Thursday, the U.S. Forest Service confirmed that two of those firefighters have contracted COVID-19. KQD Central Valley reporter Alex Hall has that story. The firefighters are part of a visiting Mexican fire crew that came to California last month to help out with the SQF complex fire burning in the Sequoia National Forest. Those firefighters, deployed out of Guadalajara, were expecting to return home later this week. Now, two members of the crew, plus another firefighter here from Arizona, will have to stay in California until it's safe for them to go home. A spokesperson for the U.S. Forest Service said all three of the firefighters are in isolation and will be provided with food, provisions, and access to healthcare professionals. The remaining 98 crew members have been tested for COVID twice and tested negative both times. They'll return to Mexico in the next few days. For the California Report, I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. The Trump administration's family separation policy was marked by, quote, reckless incompetence and intentional cruelty, according to a report released Thursday by the House Judiciary Committee. KQD's Michelle Wiley has more. The new report, released as a result of a 21-month investigation, shows that the administration's plan to separate families at the border began within weeks of President Trump's inauguration. And it was implemented with no capacity to track families and no plan for reunification. San Jose Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren serves on the Judiciary Committee. It was an an intentional human rights abuse, or it was with such reckless disregard that it might as well have been an intentional uh, human rights abuse. Lofgren says she's working on a comprehensive rewrite of the country's Immigration and Nationality Act, which dates back to the 1960s and which, she says, no longer serves the United States. She plans to release the new version before the end of the year. For The California Report, I'm Michelle Wiley. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!
Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Several trade groups have filed a lawsuit against the California Fish and Game Commission's decision to consider the western Joshua tree a threatened species. The iconic desert yucca's habitat spans more than 5 million acres of the Mojave Desert. It was granted provisional protection in September. With more on that, here's KQED's Alice Wolfley. The lawsuit alleges that the Fish and Game Commission doesn't have enough data to consider the western Joshua tree officially threatened. The California Endangered Species Act states that petitions for threatened status must include population trends and a detailed distribution map. Robert Dugan is CEO of the construction association that filed the suit. They did not make the case that the Joshua tree is in need of consideration of listing. But Brendan Cummings with the Center for Biological Diversity says the suit is an attempt by developers to delay protected status and avoid roadblocks. He says Joshua trees provide important habitat, and if protected, it means protection for other threatened species that are more elusive, like the desert tortoise. And that will ultimately lead to better planning in in the high desert region. It'll improve the quality of life for everyone in the desert. Forty percent of western Joshua trees live on private property. The rest are in state and national parks and preserves. State scientists will spend the next year studying the population and threats to habitat before granting permanent protection. For the California Report, I'm Alice Wolfley. California has passed a series of criminal justice reforms in recent years, but some believe the changes have gone too far. On the November ballot, voters will decide on Proposition 20, which seeks to roll back some reforms and stiffen penalties. Key to this issue is the rhetoric used about crime over the years and how that rhetoric has changed. KQED's Kate Wolf has more. In the 1990s, California led the nation in passing a spate of tough-on-crime laws. Here's a 1994 ad for Republican gubernatorial candidate Pete Wilson. Rape, an ugly word, a devastating crime. The victim does life, and yet the average rapist in California spends less than five years behind bars. One of the most harsh and recognizable laws of that era was 1994's Three Strikes Law. Backed by Wilson with bipartisan support, it put people in state prisons for decades for a third offense, even if it was nonviolent. It used to be, even in California, that an effective campaign was to talk about law and order, that you were really, really for it as a Republican or that you weren't against it as a Democrat. That's Dr. Fernando Guerra, a political science professor at Loyola Marymount University. As the state packed its prisons and spending ballooned, however, public sentiment slowly began to change. And after a Supreme Court order to lower the prison population, voters passed a series of reforms that softened some criminal penalties. Now, law enforcement groups have put Prop 20 on the ballot to roll back some of those reforms. It would increase penalties on some theft and fraud crimes and exclude thousands of people from early parole. 
Yes on 20 consultant Richard Temple says people who have committed violent crimes shouldn't be eligible for early release. But in this moment of racial reckoning and amid calls for more oversight of police and prisons, Temple is also quick to contend that the measure won't send people to prison. This initiative does not increase the prison population. Not one new inmate will go to prison. Temple's technically right. Prop 20 would send more people to jail, not prison, and keep some people in prison longer. But for a ballot measure backed by prosecutors and police, it's a noticeable shift away from throw away the key to we support rehabilitation. Temple says under the current system, people with drug and mental health problems are falling through the cracks. Those people will get better treatment. How is this taking care of them by letting them over and over steal and not get treatment. Temple is referring to a more tough love approach, get help or go to jail. But an analysis by the Center on Juvenile and Criminal Justice found that Prop 20 would undercut rehabilitation by redirecting money from those programs back to locking people up. Opponents of Prop 20 say, despite the softer rhetoric from the other side, this is just the same playbook with a different script. Lenore Anderson helped write some of the reforms that Prop 20 is seeking to roll back. Now is the time to go further with reform. But what Prop 20 does is seeks to send us back. Prop 20 is an effort to return California to its tough-on-crime mass incarceration past. Ultimately, it'll be up to the voters to decide whether California has become too lenient. But Professor Guerra says if Prop 20 passes, it will send an important message. Clearly, there's been tremendous momentum from the criminal justice proponents. This would indicate that that momentum has gone too far. But if Prop 20 fails, it could be that the reforms are here to stay. For The California Report, I'm Kate Wolf. And now to a preview of our sister show, The California Report's weekly magazine. This week, guest hosts April Tomboski and Molly Peterson investigate what went wrong with evacuation protocols when hundreds of seniors were forced to flee a wildfire in Santa Rosa last month. April takes us back to the night the glass fire broke out. 911, state your emergency. Yes, can you tell me if we're being evacuated? Okay, I'm going to put you on hold real quick, okay? At 2 in the morning, hundreds of white-haired fire refugees leaned on their walkers outside a Santa Rosa evacuation center. They waited for hours until they were finally turned away. People were alerted. They all had go bags. Only kind of fell apart, and it's, where did we go? Facilities for the elderly relied heavily on public shelters and resources. That bothered county officials and advocates. These are private companies. They're for-profit. They're paid to follow these things all the way through. When wildfire breaks out in the middle of the night during a pandemic, who is responsible for elderly evacuees? You can hear that story from our Older and Overlooked series on this week's California Report magazine. And finally, you might have heard there's an election coming up. If you have any lingering questions about how and where to vote in California during the final days of the election, go to vote.ca.gov. Remember, our system doesn't work without your participation. And stay tuned to election coverage next week on this program and your local public radio station. And that's the California Report for Friday, October 30th, a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin, Alice Wolfley, and Holmes.
C.J. McGeed. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, acknowledging the vital work of local public health departments to keep Californians safe during the pandemic. On the web at chcf.org. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.